Welcome to the Crater Podcast, a weekly show where we discuss all the JavaScript news that's happened on Crater.io this week. This episode is for January 22nd, 2016. This week's episode is brought to you by Modulus.io. They are the single best hosting option available for Meteor right now. Go to Modulus.io and check them out. They offer a marketplace. They offer you Mongo databases. It's very easy to integrate with other Mongo databases. You know, they offer WebSocket support with sticky sessions. They do everything right for your Meteor app. I use them for everything that I'm doing. I would highly recommend you use them as well. Modulus.io. Welcome, Crater fans, to the Crater podcast. I'm your host, Josh Owens, along with my... Freshly shorn co-host. Brad Pitt. No, Brad, I wish. Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So if you're watching the video, Ben just got a haircut. Yes. It's very interesting. I like it. It was the first time I ever went to a hairstylist with a picture of a movie star. <laughs> you know, like you see the you see girls do that all the time. Like, but, but did you actually like take the time and print out a picture and you're like like this? Print out the picture. What am I? Or, or were you like pointing at your phone? <laughs> I was pointing at my phone. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm just making sure. Like, I wanted to know the level of effort you went to here. <laughs> yeah, just a quick uh, Google search. <laughs> but still, I felt like I felt like a teenager. It was like, yeah, a, yeah. But I, I got to thank Carl Danninger from OK Grow for talking my wife into saying I must get this haircut. Nice. And we'll see how how it goes. So is is your wife in the uh, okay grow slack then? No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> but you know I'm transparent. That's mm. what it is. Transparent marriage, right? <laughs> Be like, look at what these guys wrote, honey. And she's like, oh, that looks okay. Yeah, do it. Do it. Do it now, Ben. Do it. Yeah. So. So. First off, we got uh, Modulus is back as a sponsor. Welcome, Woo-hoo. Modulus. You're looking for Meteor hosting. They're definitely one of the best options available. Yes. You know, I am going to have a little fun and uh, poke a little at Galaxy with my upcoming blog post, how to build your own Galaxy. <laughs> oh. Yeah. That one should be a fun, fun topic. I wonder how you can go like down the rabbit hole with that. Yeah. You can get like pretty crazy. But... I think like you're the perfect guy to kind of write that right now because you kind of have the pieces already and you've been yeah. out of time figuring it out. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's basically just some configs, you know, so it's not too crazy, but this week we're talking about the state of meteor. Oh, that's a thing. Yeah. And uh, WordPress. Yes. With react GraphQL. What else we got? Yeah. Node. React. <laughs> just say no. To isomorphic apps. No it was way. a buzzword last year. Yeah. Now it's like, just. And it's funny too, because it's like, you know, now, nowadays it's universal. Like Aaron is dating himself by saying isomorphic. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm just kidding. And using a CDN with your Meteor app. Yeah. I heard someone pretty cool wrote that. No, I, it was a terrible article. Terrible. I'll tell you a funny joke when we get to that topic. Okay. About it. All right. Not a joke, but 
just a coincidence. All right. So let's dive into this. Yes. So there was like this like blog post that like didn't get much attention at all. That's why we're going to be reporting on it. Totally did not hit number one on (laughs) Hacker News. Did not have a follow up that hit number one on Hacker News. Yeah. Did you read part three? I did read uh, part three. I did not spend as much time reading part three as I probably should have though. Part three was an easy read, like decimified everything that just happened. Yeah. I think I caught Sasha off guard too. Yeah. The title of the original one, I think, you know, the state of meteor part one, what went wrong? Like mm-hmm. that right there is probably <laughs> enough to get you on the hacker news. <laughs> like I've, oh. I've only ever had one story hit the top of hacker news myself. And that was meteor killing rails. So, you know, they, they do love their drama. I'm, I'm going to rant a little bit just for like one minute. All right, all right. Like, I personally, and I like to get your input on it too, Josh. I personally do not like when supporters of, of Meteor, and Sasha is ultimately a supporter, you know, part two and all that stuff, like, say that stuff because they are, and, and Aranota is guilty for it as well, because, like, if they lead with that link bait right there, all of a sudden it, like, creates a tone. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I guess I would agree on some level. But at the same time, like, you know, you look at at Sasha's numbers, I don't think you get 40,000, 50,000 people reading that post without that title. Just my opinion. I know, but but it it gave so much ammunition to ignorant comments, (laughs) which you saw. I mean, it did, but at the same time, like, a lot of what he said is stuff that a lot of people have been saying for a while here's the thing like there's an overall negative tone in meteor with media with the community and all that stuff sure but yet, but yet when you talk to people and you're like well what are you going to build your next app in you know what, what what do you think is still number one for node and they're going to say well meteor and so it's like well why is there an overarching negative tone and i think it's because it could be a bunch of things but i just think uh link baiting like that or like subtitles like that I will throw a little bit of gasoline on there when really we should like probably be extinguishing it as leaders. Maybe. Unless it's justified. Here's the thing. Like I, I would say it would be completely unjustified if MDG worked with the community more, but they don't. And like, you know, I, I wrote that article and I looked at the contributors versus commits and I looked at like multiple, multiple open source communities and they're way out of whack. Yeah. Yeah. Tell everyone the title of that article. That is a very interesting article that I thought. I haven't put it on crater yet because like I, I had mixed feelings about writing it. Like I sat on it for almost two weeks. So tell I us showed, the title. It's I showed it to you. I showed it to Abby and like, you know, Abby's like, it's too negative. Don't do it. And so Abby said that, yeah, you know, I made the second pass and tried to make it more positive, but yeah, it was like, you know, the, why, Meteor Development Group needs React and Facebook. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, if you listen to this show, I don't think it comes at any, as any surprise, the things that I've been saying on here. Like, there's no way. There's no way Meteor Development Group becomes a profitable hosting company off Meteor alone, especially if they're the ones paying for all that work on Meteor. Right. Just, right. You know, no one wants to. And, and they know that, too. Right. Fact. We, we did that interview. It's going to come out next week with Bonnie Eisenman. And like just hearing her talk about the React Native community and the React community and like how open they are, like it just got me thinking. And like I went and looked and 
like they have 6,000 commits and 600 contributors, like there's 10 commits per contributor on average. And Rails has like 55,000 commits. And yep, uh, I'm looking at it right now. And they've got almost 3,000 contributors. Yeah. You know? And so that comes out to be about 18 per committer on average. All right, now, now listen up, guys. Listen up to the next part. Say it. Were you going to talk about Meteor? Yeah. Okay, now Meteor. Okay, guys, listen up to this. 15,000 commits, 258 contributors. That's 58 commits on average. And when you go in and you look, any committer that has more than 58 was paid by MDG. Anyone that's below 58 was not an MDG person, not an MDG paid employee in any way. That's my, that's one of my new measurements for like the health of a community. And, and granted, like you go look at something like Rails and David Heinemeyer Hansen has the number one commits and he's at like, you know, 3,900 commits or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. And that, that's to be expected. Like I, I would expect people who are strong leaders writing code to be at the top of that list. That makes total sense to me. But the fact that that average is, you know, way out there. And to me, I, I would say, a healthy community is probably tops out somewhere around 25. If you got someone who's making 3000 commits, that's going to skew the averages to be a higher number. It is. So the fact that rails had a lower number like speaks even higher. Well, it falls yeah. off pretty drastically too, right? Like if you look at some older rails core committers, uh, you know, they're down in the like 400s and they were there for like almost two years. So yeah, you know, I think, you know, to me, it speaks volumes that I still have more commits in Rails than I do in Meteor. And that's not for a lack of trying. <laughs> so that I, you know, we, we keep hearing all this stuff about how they're going to do better, right? We keep hearing it, you know, back in, in June, Mac got on the Q&A and said they're, they're going to try to fix all this. And, you know, we keep hearing Sashko talk about, you know, these are great ideas. We're working on this stuff. But... I, none of us want to hear we're working on this stuff. We want to hear how we can help work on this stuff. Yes. To me, that led to Sasha like being validated and saying a lot of this stuff, in my opinion. Yeah. What he said was legit. I'm basically judging his article and his title based off of the responses that, that it conjured on Hacker News. I mean, you that's, know. That, and that, that's unfair to him. So I'll have to say sorry to that. But I'll agree with you. The title wasn't the best, but at the same time, like, I don't think people would have paid attention if it was like the state of media, like, where can we improve? Like, people would have been like, (laughs) how many people read part one that never worked in media before, but they read it because it was hacker news. And then they just didn't care to read part two. Yeah, and, but you and know, now their their judgment is solidified. That's the same argument that I give from my wife. Like, well, you know, I I need to discount my book to free in order to get readers. But then I'll get them on my email list, and then they'll like if they enjoyed that book, they'll buy all my other books. I, I got news for you: people that that download a free book, they don't like to buy books. <laughs> Just that's the truth. Like converting off of a free list is terrible and it's hard. And I think it's the same thing. Like I, a good portion of these people would never give Meteor a try. They didn't like it to begin with and they were never going to give it a fair shake. And so they're just, they're playing the pundit role uh, from the outside, armchair quarterbacking, right? Backseat driving. 
I, I'm not too sad that 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 happened. Yeah, <laughs> stay I, in our community. <laughs> I like to stay a cheerleader sometimes. So, part one came out. I didn't enjoy it. It was valid. It was valid. You liked yeah. part two. I I very much enjoyed part two. Yeah. What did you like about part two? I don't know. Now I got a. I re- I read that like days ago, man. <laughs> I gotta go back. Days. Yeah, I guess I should. It was like yesterday. <laughs> should should have had this up. Yeah, this, I felt like this took up all my week. Goodness. Uh, Check out part two. So he did. He linked part oh, two. Okay. Part, part one. I loved because I don't hear a lot of people talk about this. Mm-hmm. I loved the title. It says the cure for JavaScript fatigue. Yeah. I've only heard like two other people mention it. I 100% agree. A lot of people are like, Oh, what's, what's, um, I think we found it in the chat room. People are like, Oh, after like all these parts are going to be cut out of meteor, what's going to be left. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to put all this uh, Facebook stuff in like, there's going to be nothing left for, for meteor. It's not going to have a unique selling proposition. And my response is exactly this. Like right now there's JavaScript fatigue for everyone. Everyone's bogged down. They're confused. They're looking for not only an opinion, but something that's really easy to use. And right now stuff isn't easy to use. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think if Meteor is going to roll out on on, on the stage now, like it's going to be like Meteor, the second coming pretty much. If you look at React in comparison and the React ecosystem in comparison, right? Which is weird because we can we can like tap into all that stuff now and like we're getting there with 1.3 we'll just be able to say like oh yeah I'll use that npm package and that's great mm-hmm. um, so that's that's kind of bizarre we're at this point where I think that a lot of what's out there about React is confusing to new people because there's so much and some of it's kind of crappy like as far as tutorials and trainings and stuff of that nature goes you know Pete Hunt himself came out with a README almost like a, a tiny, tiny meteor guides type project. Yeah. I went in there. He's still working on it. Like I think for him, React is definitely a, still a passion project. They suffer from different problems. Yeah. And that's, you know, in my post, I said the grass may look greener, but trust me, it ain't. Like you're going to have different, just different problems. Mm-hmm. Maybe those problems look more attractive to you or you're able to live with them better. And that, that's a choice you have to make when you're building your business. I like that Sasha said, listen, like React isn't as hard as people make it out to be. It's not. It's and not. It's not. Once, once you like build one app with it, it's like, wow, these patterns just like fly out of my mind now and I could just do it. Yeah. So it's easy. I well, think- and you know, I've, I've said it before. Like, I think to me, it encourages a much better practice as far as like how you structure your view in the front end. You know, I think back to like my Twitter training class and going from like wanting to share a template between multiple pages and having to refactor that. Like had it just been written in React, I would have written it the correct way. It would have been much more reusable out of the gate. Yeah, yeah. I think where where it spurs out is everything that is possible now with React. And it's just like, it's almost like all the stuff got puked out by the community once React hit and they're like, oh, what can we do here? And uh, Facebook helped with that. You know, all the way from more modular components, we're talking about like, test modularity, CSS modularity, and then managing state around that. And so then that's like, I think that's where fatigue comes in because all of a sudden you like, you switch out react and then you see other possibities. Well, you know, down to brass tacks, 
Facebook is Facebook, right? Like how many Facebooks have we had in the last 10 years? One <laughs> and Twitter. I, and most people think Twitter is dying or failing. So, I mean, I love Twitter. Who the hell is building an app at the scale that Facebook is building an app? Yeah. Like, nobody. Even Uber is like order of magnitude smaller, I yeah. bet. They're releasing a bunch of best practices. They're putting out a bunch of libraries. That's great for them. But that doesn't mean that it necessarily fits your startup project. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that Blaze is sticking around. I want to get a firmer understanding on what it means. What, what that means. I agree. That's kind of why I put that my post out there because it's like I still feel like I don't understand. You know, I, I used – I took care with the wording I used in my my paragraphs there talking about Blaze because there, there's questions that need answered still. There is. Uh, but the other thing I liked about part two was he talked about server-aware components, and this is probably one of my favorite features of Meteor itself. It's the fact that you can deliver both the client and the server code wired up in a way that it all works together. You get the functionality that makes sense, and you know it's in a package that you can just consume and, and stick into your application. That's always been the most powerful pe- feature of Meteor to me. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) But now it's like going to be expanding. So Mm -hmm. we're going to be in the NPM world. Well, I think the great thing is we'll be able to clear separation between those two. We'll have clear separation, but you'll be able to take a react package and kind of wrap around it and build Mm -hmm. the server side piece and get it done. And I think that, that's pretty exciting to me. It is. Because I think there's a lot of client-side kind of libraries available for React. I think like we feel behind on a lot of things like a lot of developers with all this new stuff. But at that point where NPM starts leveling up, where they have a back-end and front-end, the possibilities of that, like we've been living in that world already. We have. We so, have. So that's where we're going to be ahead and we can offer value. Yeah in that area so yeah should be interesting mm-hmm. okay we spent a lot of time on those things we did i, I kind of thought we would to be honest um why don't you tell us about ramsey what yeah, did ramsey talk about <laughs> ramsey's awesome and then he like came out with an art couple articles about wordpress and then he's i was like, like oh. he's off in major experimentation mode right <laughs> yeah it's like oh oh you're doing that he, he lost a star from me <laughs> I'm joking. Actually, WordPress has, is like fascinating to me. On the Ben and Abby show that I did, I made a prediction that we're going to see WordPress, which powers like 25% of the web, move more and more on the Node ecosystem and less and less on PHP in 2016. So you think like as JavaScript developers were in demand now, like, like WordPress is going to be bringing like a tidal wave of demand mm. to us some more. And so it's just going to be... So Ramsey's just on the front end of that curve, huh? I think, yeah. So Ramsey works for a consulting firm and, and I think he's like, he wants to be one of the first guys there. And so it's really smart. These articles are, are right up the alley for a lot of people, a lot of WordPress developers asking these questions. And here he is coming out with these tutorials on how to like wire up and start your WordPress uh, front end working with Node, uh, serving up uh, the views and, and getting your data through GraphQL. I think the bigger story is GraphQL and part two, he dove into it a lot. Mm-hmm. If you think about WordPress and like what makes it slow, 
besides like advertising. <laughs> it's um, it's all the data that you're going to be pulling down, right? And GraphQL is going to like. Well, it's really- I, part of that is generating that HTML on the server after you fetch the data, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's slower. I don't know. I hate WordPress. Like when. <laughs> Wendy has a site in WordPress. I was actually talking to Ramsey about this very thing, and it's, it's it's just broken. I don't know why it broke. I didn't do anything. She didn't do anything. We just came to it one day, and it was broken. And it's like, that's that's terrible. I should not have a deployed application on a server that just breaks. <laughs> yeah, who is the developer on that one? Gosh. Jeez. <laughs> well, you know, I spent like 20 minutes trying to... <laughs> To fix it, but I, I have no idea what I'm doing in PHP land anymore. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, it's gonna get better. It's gonna get better. Yeah, it will. But you know, I, I think this is really interesting just to see like Ramsey building something with Webpack that's uh, tapping into WordPress and using GraphQL. So I thought it was worth mentioning. Yep, you did an excellent job giving all the code that you need for Webpack. So it's going to like save everyone like five hours of yak shaving. Thank you, Ramsey, for doing that. (laughs) And it's cool. Like all of a sudden now WordPress developers are going to like really like get a taste of hot code loading and and all that good stuff. Yeah. We just get out of the box. So. Yeah. I I like the picture at the bottom too, where it's Indiana Jones saying that belongs in a museum. (laughs) Subtitle is us talking about GraphQL in two years, probably. No. (laughs) All right. All right. What do we got next? Just say no. To drugs. To drugs. (laughs) I wonder wonder if he intentionally tried to channel that. I don't know. Do they even have that PSA thing out in Sri Lanka? No, that was like an 80s Nancy Reagan thing, wasn't it? Yeah, just say no. Yeah. Only you can prevent forest fires. (laughs) It's like... So basically he's saying like, he did mention universal here. Maybe my mind. He switched it out. So he made an editor. He oh, made it. he did. He did. Yeah. He did. Okay. Was that from you? Did you give him a hard time? I did not give him a hard time about it, but I, I noticed he was getting some hard times in the comments. So universal, um, I don't know. Universal apps. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's, it's the idea that you can write it once and it can be used everywhere, including the web, iOS, Android, you know, I, okay. I don't know. I don't know how I feel. Like I, I really have mixed feelings about this post. Uh, I number one, I'll say like it's worth taking a read. I'm just not. I have mixed feelings about the overall message and if we should be adapting it. This was and, a very opinionated post from Aranota, and and usually we see like innovative posts from him. And to see an opinionated post, like the innovative ones, have a sprinkle of opinionation, and that's cool. We can accept it. But this was like kind of like whoa, what's this opinion that you have? Like, I don't know. It just stood out to me. It sounds like it stood out to you too. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I, th- I you know, I think he's right. Maybe one code base is bad. I haven't had the pleasure, displeasure of like trying to make this work. You know, the, the one Cordova app that I built only had to work for iOS. It was okay that we had iOS design of showing up when people put up the web page because it was really just for the phones. Yeah. They did a separate reporting inter- interface 
uh, in Drupal. So I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know that I've ever felt any of these pains necessarily. I, I would be curious, like I have hopes that at some point I can use Cordova or React Native and maybe get Crater into a mobile app. I, I see benefit like in, in being able to have one code base for the most part. So I worked on a huge project that had all three components, Android, iOS, and web. I could definitely see separating the admin side, the website, mm-hmm. uh, from the mobile. But I can't see separating Android and iOS, especially right. for Nova. The stated goal of React Native is not to write once, run everywhere. But at the same time, like we talked to Bonnie, and she had a pretty, I mean, it was a smaller project. And she said, you know, she had 100% code reuse on her project. She actually wrote it for yeah, iOS. That was interesting. It, it worked completely for Android. And I've heard other people say that they're looking at like 80 to 85% code reuse. Yeah. So no, that's realistic, yeah. I, I think that's pretty great. And I think that's a good thing to shoot for, in my opinion. So if you read this post more, like he wasn't saying like, oh, um, you know, you're not going to have code reuse or anything like that. I actually, after reading the whole article, I do support it. I think he's saying like, just make smarter cuts where you have your code reuse. Well, he's basically saying um, now how things are moving and you have one package manager, NPM, go ahead and make isomorphic or universal modules or components. Yeah. And, but have standalone platforms that then uh, import those modules. And some people are going to be like, well, what's the difference then? And I think the big difference is it's forcing us to have more and more of a package mentality. And, and we're going to just explode with publishing stuff. If we build our apps in this kind of way and our modules are, are uh, isomorphic, but they're not like tied to the app, they're like separate imports. Well then what's stopping us from like, just like cleaning it up a bit and make it a public package. I think, again, it was some link baiting, uh, <laughs> makes it look extreme. You read it, and you're like, oh, you're like just moving the goal just a little bit, but not like extremely. You know, you still got like isomorphic uh, code. You still got code reuse, just in a different way. It also prepares you for React Native, which I think everyone should prepare from what I'm hearing. Yes, yeah, after last night. And then like listening to Bonnie, like, you know, I didn't dive into React Native. One of the big things I really liked from the Bonnie interview is like, it's not compiled down to like native code, uh, React Native. It's literally just JavaScript on the phone executing native commands. And so we could totally like do hot code push still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like Meteor is working on that, which is super interesting. They, they will. They will. So, like, I was on the chat last night when we were watching, uh, and did they change the name, Meteor Night? Meteor Night, yeah, instead of DevShop. I don't know what I think about that. I like DevShop more. Because, you know what, in the chat, there was, I think there were some people in there thinking it was, like, a Meteor talk. Like did they cut it down? Meteors. Like, Space Meteors. Uh, like, there's, like, where, when's the next Meteor shower and stuff? I didn't know, like, if they were serious or what. Anyway. <laughs> Anywho... So Sashko was in there and he mentioned while Martin was giving his talk about Cordova and the changes coming in version 1.3 of Meteor, saying that like Martin's really looking forward to his next project, which is integrating React Native. 
after the Cordova stuff is like wrapped up for 1.3. Yeah. So that's exciting. That, that is, is exciting. And I think, uh, you know, 1.3 with its module support makes it a little bit easier to probably pull that off. Yes. Yeah, there's definitely a trajectory there's still, here. There's still work that has to be done, I think. But <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But anyway, you know, good article. I Again, really worth reading. Uh, take the time to take a look at it. Yeah. So, all right. So we're all done? That's it? Yeah, that's all. <laughs> Just three stories this week. <laughs> Guys, we have an awesome one by our very own Josh Owens. Take a bow. I always... Uh, Feel weird putting my own stories on here. Why? I don't know. It's just I don't. Ah, I don't like self promotion. <laughs> you don't? No. Okay. Well, I'll promote you. So there's this awesome blog that you don't know about, but you should know about. It's called JoshOwens.me. Unicorns and rainbows. He talks mostly about rainbows, but sometimes about meteor. So this one was using a CDN with your production meteor app. And before we dive into it, so the funny thing was we just like integrated a CDN on okgrow.com and we're going to be making a push to write more articles this year Mm. and this was carl's first article for the year he was like working on it right now uh sorry carl (laughs) it's been you know honestly like it was half written like i have so many half written posts on my my machine yeah oh i this was just the easy one i picked to finish this i was supposed to come out last week but i was too lazy well, I asked him to compare notes and like to see like what he thought of it, and like he was really impressed with your article. So, oh, there you go. It was it's a it's vetted now. Nice, it's rocking. Yeah, yeah. I tried to I ran it by a couple of people who maybe weren't super familiar with with uh, CDN and like how that works. And I, I you know, again, I, I'm just not a huge fan of something that's like overly engineered and i feel like cloudflare is overly overly engineered in my opinion and really? like okay. I, I get i get that there's valid concerns that you may want to use cloudflare to protect yourself from ddos and all that kind of stuff but mm-hmm. at the same time like right now you you'd have to disable ddp if you're if you're on their free plan or you got to pay them like you know you got to get out your big check and write it and send it to them because it's expensive but is it like more than the $20 a month plan? I don't know. I don't know what I I thought it was like an enterprise plan to get SSL WebSocket support. Is it okay? Yeah. Um it is expensive. I, I I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But I'm I'm you know, I did a I did a little bit of research. Um I actually did this project back in August. This is how long I've really been sitting on this blog post. Dean and I worked on it a little bit and uh, he, he found this little, this little undocumented piece of uh, code that we can call here, web app internals, uh, prefix CSSJS bundle or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And like you just make a call to that and give it a URL and it, it just shoves that URL in front of every, every little file that it compiles or spits out. Um, and it like automatically works with package calls for like assets. It works with... Um, the compiled CSS and JS. And so the great thing is like you just point at a cloud front, not cloud flare, a cloud front CDN URL and -hmm. you tell cloud front where to go find those files on your website. And then you point at cloud front, right? So when you go to crater, you're, you're, you're getting some cloud front URLs. You grab it. You're going there and saying like, Hey, I need this, this JS file. I need this CSS file. 
give me this image file. And it's going to like look and say like, oh, hey, uh, what do we got down here in our storage? And mm -hmm. oh, here you go. You can have it. If they don't have it, that origin is going to use that origin URL and come back and grab it off the website and then serve it back to the customer. So it's almost like, it's like a pass-through caching system but you don't have to worry about like prepackaging it, uploading it to the CDN, doing any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like it's got all the smarts built in and Meteor has enough smarts built in with the naming of the files that uh, you don't have to worry about like, you know, things being cached for too long because it's all like MD5 hashed in the URL or in the, the naming of the files and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I, I really enjoyed this article. I like that you separated uh, the concerns between Cloudflare and CloudFront. Stuff that people wouldn't really know. Yeah. It takes like uh, someone who like went through the trenches and you, and you summed it up really clearly. The key point too is like um, a CDN kind of gives you speed ups in multiple ways, right? Like, so they, they have servers that are like all around the globe and your file gets pushed all around there. Um, so if someone in India pulls it up and there's a server that's close in India, they're going to get it from that server instead of from, you know, New York where the crater servers hosted. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's, that's, you know, some speed. And then the other great thing is most people don't realize this and it's not talked about a lot, but browsers have a, you know, they, I don't think they call it pipelining per se, but they only open like two parallel connections on average by default, to any given domain. And so when you open up Crater, if you look at it, like you load something like six or seven domains and most of them are like, we're pulling in images off of um, the uh, Twitter CDN or Gravatar or Crater itself, or now we've got CloudFront. And so like those four, if you think about those four, if we can open up two connections for each, we're looking at eight connections to be downloading data simultaneously Whereas if we, if we get rid of Cloudflare, we're down to six. And so now you've got, you know, you've got like five or six files. You've got to load off the, the crater domain and you can only do it two at a time. So that gives you a little speed as well. Yeah. Yeah. Which is huge. It, that adds up quite a bit. Yeah, it does. It does. It matters. It's good stuff. Yeah. And so this is probably going to be like, one of the chunks of building your own galaxy. It is. Uh, it's, it's like uh, I'm thinking about republishing this on um, medium as like the speeding up crater as like a multi-part speeding up crater series. Cause I, there's some other interesting stuff too. Like the indexing order in Mongo mm -hmm. apparently matters. I found that out a couple weeks ago. That's probably worth writing up because it's like one blog post about it and that's it. We, we found out the same situation in a big project we were working on, but in Rails and, and uh, Postgres. Mm. Yeah. And so, and then I was like, oh, this is probably true with like all indexing. Yeah. Because it goes in order. Like if you have multiple indexes. It does. But the yeah. kicker with Mongo is that you have to, uh, if you're using like dollar sign in or dollar sign greater than or dollar sign less than, mm -hmm. that actually needs to come last. Even though it's probably yeah. in your query, if you're doing like, this is more about sorting actually. So if you're doing sorting and you're using that dollar sign in query, you need to do the selectors, you need to do the sorting fields, and then you need to do the field that you're doing kind of like that, that big search yeah. on, like dollar sign in. Right. So there's the least amount of data that you're then doing it. That yeah. Is. Well, so the problem becomes like 
if they, even if it's indexed, they grab it. Let's say you, you ask for 20 things. They actually have to sort and order that in the memory. And that's the key. When you do the explain, you know, it's sort and order. If it says true, that's like terrible. Um, and it, it chews up memory. It's really slow. So that's going to be good. Like I'm always surprised how big the telescope world is, Mm -hmm. you know, and you look at Heroku and it's like one of their top five, uh, installs. Is it really? Mm -hmm. So it's like really out there. There's a big market out there of people using telescopes. So, so that could be like a really interesting series. Yeah. I guess I could just write like a speeding up telescope series. Mm Mm-hmm just make millions off being a, a telescope optimizer <laughs> and developer. Sasha has his telescope slack and, yeah. and that's pretty big. Yeah. Go, go halfers on it. Advertising. <laughs> there you go. No, that's crazy. That sounds terrible. Like I, I don't know. That's not my, not my thing. Making money is terrible. Terrible. Bad, bad, bad. I want to do it in ways I enjoy it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Like bank robbing. But totally. There's that some is, there's some exercise in that. That least. is fun, man. Yeah. Get the heart pumps. So we watched we watched Everest last night. Have you seen this movie? I haven't. No. It's about the like disaster where like eight people died. Sorry, spoiler. <laughs> in 1996. Um, I mean, it's a true story. It's really interesting. But like we turn it on, I'm always like, doesn't that look fun? And I'm like, no part of going up to like Everest looks fun to me. Like it looks cold. It looks terrible. Like I have been to Colorado carrying suitcases and that nearly killed me. So I've always said, and I don't know why I live in Chicago, but I've always told my wife, I said, you know what? It's just much more enjoyable being more hot than it is being more cold. Like I'd rather like be in a warm spot rather than in a cold spot. Yeah. Agreed. That is just me. And and Everest, like, yeah, I have. I met someone who climbed it last oh. week. I mean, good for her, but I just would never do it. Yeah. Not my thing. Yeah. All right, oh, team. That guy wants your room, I think. No way. I got this reserved till five. He was scoping you. Yeah. You can throw down. Maybe my haircut. He was scoping. Yeah. Uh, Kobe Ed. Maybe he's worried you're going to, like, punch him or something. If he goes by again, I'm going to be like, Maybe maybe he looked at you and looked out the window and to see if he could see a tank somewhere. That's funny because like my kids came home and they were like freaked out at my haircut. <laughs> they were like, nice. you know, if I come up to them and like I'm just like like, like it's scary, man. Like <laughs> Yeah. You look like you're ready to punch someone. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> All right, man. Well thanks for tuning in, guys. And again, modulus.io, great place to host your media apps. And uh, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash it's still Meteor Club soon. I may switch it to Space Dojo, but you can go there, sign up, Slack chat room. Uh, reminds me, I'm going to let someone in. Um, yeah, and you guys should sign up because he's going to like bump the price to $50 a month, right? <laughs> change it to Space Dojo. No. Maybe, thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's yeah, yeah. going up soon. <laughs> Come on, we learned all about this like link baiting stuff this week. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> all right. See you next week. Ciao, guys. This has been a Space Dojo production. You can find out more information about Space Dojo at spacedojo.com. It's easy to join the mailing list and stay in the loop. 
That's S-P-A-C-E-D-O-J-O dot com.